we're, we're proud to welcome our special guest to the show tonight, Chris Canty. He is a former Giant, former Cowboy, Chris Canty, former Raven, too. Chris, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm good. How's everything on your end? Good. Randy Zellius, Steve Spanup, Off Topic, live with you right here. Uh, Chris, I, I got to ask you, man, is it, is it better to put a suit on or a uniform on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on what stage of your career you're at. You know, if you're, if you're a young guy and you're in your early 20s, then it's probably better to put the pads and cleats on. If you're approaching your mid-30s, I'm going to say you probably need to consider putting a suit on more so than, than some cleats. Okay, I figured. Well, which well, which one's more comfortable for you? Uh, you know what? They're both, they're both comfortable for me because <laughs> let me tell you something. I love I love playing and I love talking about the game. I'm a fan too. Love it. So so either either one works for me. Ah, uh, Chris, say you're a fan of the game. Uh, we we were just talking about our top five live uh, game experiences that we've been to. You know, saw. Um, I know you've been a part of the game and also watched. Where was uh, your your favorite experience? Where, where, where was your best uh, best live experience? Well, I'll tell you what, one of my one of the most incredible experiences I had was uh, at M&T Bank Stadium, but as a New York Giant, uh, as a visiting team in 2012, and I'm telling you, walking into that place for the first time, it was just unbelievable, the energy, the passion that the fans had, and then just seeing the introductions that the Ravens do, um, it was pretty amazing to be a part of that. It was an electric atmosphere. Um, you know, even though we lost as a team, I played well in that game just because mm-hmm. it was one of those amazing, amazing atmospheres. Um, there's some great, incredible places, incredible venues to play in. Can't forget Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers, the Cheeseheads up there. Yeah, it's got to be electric um, the 12, up there, too. The, the, the 12s up in Seattle, unbelievable fans there. Um, so, you know, you know, uh, quiet is kept. The Buffalo fans are, are pretty amazing as well. Um, so a lot, a lot of great fans across the National Football League, but those are some of the ones that stand out. Now, Chris, uh, a lot of people uh, don't know that you had some surgery during the offseason. I guess the first question should have been from us is how you've been feeling since uh, since everything went down during the winter, how are you feeling at this point? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I'm in one piece again. Well, uh, it's been a long time since I can say that. You know, I had the uh, the shoulder surgery and the hand surgery um, in December at the end of last year when they put me on IR. So that was a tough situation to go through. Uh, but certainly feeling like myself again, uh, and that's a good thing. Um, you're very big up in the New York uh, area as far as your Am com- I? I didn't really. You're big everywhere, Chris. Don't <laughs> well, the thing is, though, I'm driving up to the, sta- the station tonight, and I'm listening to, of course, you know, your good friends over at uh, ESPN New York, and they're 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 promoting the fantasy football convention that they're doing, and they're and like it's like they're announcing all the names like Robin Lumberg and so on and so forth, and then they're like, and Chris Canty is going to be there, and and it's like. I was like, I, I didn't know Chris was really into fantasy. Are you really into fantasy football? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm getting into it, but if you want to win in fantasy football, do the opposite of what I do. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm, I'm basically a rookie at this, so it's something that I'm I'm learning on the job. But, uh, you know, it'll be exciting. You know, we're doing a convention uh, next Saturday, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a really good time. The starters have not love, Chris, you know what I mean? There you go. You know. There you go. Listen, if I get Antonio Brown as my number one pick in fantasy, I feel pretty good about that. I think <laughs> I, you know, many of us will, right? I mean, many of us yeah. will. You know, I, I have a lot right. of teams myself, and I'm definitely looking at Antonio Brown this year for sure, man. Most also looking at DeAndre, Hop- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, though, too, man. I like that kid over there. Yeah, I'll tell you what. No matter who his quarterback is, that guy puts up numbers consistently. You know, if they can just get some continuity in what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball in terms of balance, 
I mean, look out. The, the sky's the limit for what he can do in terms of production, in terms of his impact on the game. Agreed. I think they got a, a little bit more explosive, though, this year, too, with uh, Lamar Miller and uh, Brock Osweiler on the team, too, you know? Well, well, I love Lamar Miller. You know, he's Me one too. of those guys that consistently averages, uh, you know, between four and a half to five yards he carried throughout his career. He just didn't get the ball in volume in Miami. Um, so he's just looking forward to seeing what he can do when they give him more of a workload. Uh, and then when, in terms of what Brock Osweiler can do when he has those pieces around him, how successful can he really be? Um, you know, because we really didn't really see a lot of him. You know, not a large sample size of seven games in the regular season. We really don't know who he is outside mm-hmm. of being able to have the physical tools to compete in the National Football League. So I'm interested to see um, what he is and what he brings to the table as well. Cool. As a as a veteran player yourself, man, speaking about these uh, these kids in this league, what kind of advice do you have for this, the rookie class coming out this year? Listen to the veterans that have been around. They know what they're doing. They don't stay around that long for no reason. So just pay attention. Soak it all up. Rookies are better seen and not heard. Um, so keep your mouth closed, your eyes and ears open. Pay attention uh, and understand what it takes to be a pro. Chris, going over to the NFC East, two teams that you're very familiar with, the Dallas Cowboys, we'll start with them. Uh, a lot of changes over in Dallas this year. Hopefully Tony Romo will be healthy for a full season. Uh, that line will be healthy, and the, the running back situation uh, shapes up a little bit after the loss of DeMarco Murray. What do you see as far as the outcome for the Cowboys at this upcoming season? Well, it all depends on the health of Tony Romo and, 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 and what they're able to establish on the offensive side of the ball because they're going to have to rely on their offense to protect their defense. What I mean by that is being able to sustain long drives, play ball control, uh, eat up the clock, keep their defense from being exposed from a field position standpoint. Uh, and from a point standpoint, you know, making sure that they make the game one-dimensional by being able to score a lot of points, uh, force the opposing offense to try to keep pace, which means throwing the ball. Uh, and it's easier to, to play defense when you know the team is going to do one thing or the other. If you know they're going to pass, you're pretty, your pass rushes are going to be better, your defensive backs are going to be better. But when you've got to play against an offense that's able to have balance, you've got to fight against the run and the pass at the same time, that's when it makes it tough to play defense. So the Cowboys offense, is going to have to dictate terms to the other team. They're going to have to establish a tempo and the tone in order for their team to be successful this year. Well, you know, because last season when they lost Romo and they put Castle back there, and well, well, not just not just Castle, but any quarterback they put back there, just didn't seem like it had any type of the same effect that it does what Romo has. Um, in this situation, do they really need to get some sort of insurance just in case this happens again, like it happened last season? Well, it doesn't matter what they pick up on, you know, on the waiver wire right now at this standpoint. You know, it's. Nobody's going to be able to step in and replace Tony Romo. Um, you know, everybody's encouraged about the signs that we see from Dak Prescott, but, you know, he's, he's inexperienced. He, he doesn't know what it means to play in a regular season. Uh, he doesn't understand what it means to go through the course of the grind uh, in the National Football League. So, you know, you know, let's take some time. Let's pump the brakes on that. I think he's a, you know, he's, he certainly has a lot of upside, and I'm excited about what he brings to the table, but it's going to take some time for him to develop. Um, the, the, the Cowboys need Tony Romo to stay healthy. That, that's 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 the primary objective, you know, in terms of um, what they in terms of being able to predict their success. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? If he's able to stay healthy, the Cowboys, you know, certainly are the favorites to win the division, uh, and certainly look to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, so I think that has to be the focus for the Dallas Cowboys. They've got to run the football. Um, certainly, they have Ezekiel Elliott. They've got Alfred Morris, um, Dan McFadden when he gets healthy again. Um, the thing that concerns me a little bit about Zeke is does he understand the protections? Because, like I said, um, you have to make sure that Tony Romo stays healthy. You know, so he, you know, in order to put him out there on the field, he's got to be able to understand. He's got to be able to pass protect. Um, but you know, the Dallas Cowboys can be, you know, uh, as good as Tony Romo's health will allow them to be. 
Another team that, of course, you have a, a very familiar with is the New York Giants. Um, revamped their defense and a big coaching change. Um, first off, how much uh, of a difference was Tom Coughlin to you personally? Because um, you played under him for quite a few years. What kind of effect did Tom Coughlin have on you? Oh, he's uh, a profound effect. I mean, certainly he's uh, one of the good guys in our business. Um, he's a Hall of Fame coach, but he's an even better man. Um, he's one of the few coaches that focuses on character development of his players at this level, uh, and I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, it's unfortunate, you know, how he had to exit the organization, uh, but they felt that it was a time to, to transition and, and, and change the message. Uh, and so that being said, I think that, um, you know, it, it brings a level of excitement, a level of newness. You know, players are going to be more alert because you have a new head coach. Um, you have a new voice. Uh, they've got a lot of pieces that they brought into the organization to help make them successful, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I like the moves that they made in terms of who they brought in. You know, Janoris Jenkins helping to address the secondary, Eli Apple as well, um, Leon Hall, uh, but also, um, you know, bringing in OB, Olivier Vernon. You know, tremendous pass rusher. I thought he flashed uh, a lot in the preseason game against Miami last week. You know, he played really well. Snacks Harrison brought him over from the Jets to be able to stop the run. Uh, that, that poorest run defense that they had last season. So, uh, you know, Keen Robinson, the guy that they brought in from Washington, another player that's, uh, that figured to be a piece at the second level at the linebacking court. So I like what they did. They just got to be able to put it all together. That, that's that's um, what they've got to focus on throughout this preseason process and early in the regular season. Uh, but I love the ingredients that they have, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. When you were with the Giants, too, there was a lot of depth in that defense. And it seemed like little by little – that depth went away and then put them in a situation they were last year and it kept Eli a lot more pressure on the offense with Eli and Odell having to score points. And now, of course, this year, all eyes are back on Victor Cruz. Victor, You were a teammate of Victor Cruz, and you're seeing the situation that's happening right now. Um, is it po- is this a possibility right now that Victor Cruz may not even make this team if he, if he can't get back on the field? I think it's a realistic possibility just understanding the business of the National Football League. It's what have you done for me lately? And he hasn't played in... Um, you know, in quite a while, I think it was October of 2014. Yeah. So, you know, that's a long time. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they just can't, you know, keep an open roster spot just for nostalgia's sake. Um, you know, he's got to be able to produce. And if he doesn't show that he can produce for this football team, um, you know, in the rest, throughout the rest of the preseason, I think that there's a possibility. There's a possibility. Now, that being said, I'm a cheerleader for Vic. You know, he's a good dude um, in terms of, you know, in terms of being a player on the football field and off the football field, he does a lot for the community. Um, you know, and I applaud him for that. Uh, and so certainly I want the best for him. Um, you know, and I think it's just a great story for the National Football League. It'd be awesome to see him be able to resurrect his career and, and, and be able to get back to the, the high level of play that he left off at. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm cheering for him. I'm in his quarter rooting for him. We're definitely cheering from around here, especially uh, you know, Andy and I both being uh, New Jersey guys. Uh, let's bring it back to you, Chris. Growing up in the NFL, uh, who who had a big impact on your life as a player? Well, you know what? I, I never met a National Football League player growing up. Uh, it's just certain that was just, you know, I wasn't in that type of environment. Uh, but, um, you know, just watching my dad, he was a huge fan of the National Football League. He was a huge Giants fan. Um, you know, Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, Harry Carson, and that crew. Um, you know, Jim Burt, watching those guys play defense uh, for Big Blue, um, certainly had an impact in terms of, you know, how I wanted to play football. You know, they, you know the way that the qualities that they, they demonstrated on the football field, you know, certainly, you know, being able to 
uh, be mentally tough, you know, have that tenacity to get after it and just the perseverance to, to endure the adversity that they faced. I mean, that was just one of the things that, that, that just really stuck with me. And um, certainly it's one of the qualities that I felt like I had as a player in the National Football League over the course of the last 11 seasons. Chris, but you being also one of the player reps over the years as well, at what point in your career, your career did you realize it wasn't just about the game of football, it was also a business? At what point in your career did you figure uh, did that did that mindset come in? I figured that out my fourth year in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it was in the contract season, and, you know, you certainly you want to be uh, a part of the organization that drafts you. You want to stay in one place and play for one franchise. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, historically great franchise, you know, I would have loved to have the opportunity to play my entire career there. Um, but certainly there's a business component of it, and, and you can't pay everybody. And, you know, you got to think about the financial security for your family, and, you know, other guys are thinking about the same for theirs. And um, it just becomes a situation where there's just not enough money at the table for everyone, so you got to find the right situation for you. You want to be able to have that security, and you also want to be able to win. And certainly I was able to have uh, the best of both, being able to come back home and play and, um, get the financial security and win a Super Bowl championship. So I, I guess that's the trifecta. Um, you know, it was it was a good it was uh, it was an eye opening experience. Um, but you but you have to understand that there comes a point in this business where you have to grow up, and you realize that. I think it happens at different points for every player, but that was mine. Chris, next week we're gonna have Omar Miller on. Now, this guy is a part of the show Ballers. Have you ever watched the show? What are your thoughts on it, and how close it resembles uh, an actual event going on in the NFL? I, I, I like the show. I'm a fan of it, especially since my man Sizzle uh, Terrell Suggs writes some of the episodes for him. So, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I cheer for all the guys that mm-hmm. I play with. Um, and certainly Sizzle is doing some amazing things in, in the film and TV industry. Yeah, who knew he can uh, write so like I, that, right? I mean, exactly. unbelievable. Very, very impressive. Very impressive. And he's a pretty good actor, too. You know, he made an appearance this season, so it was, mm-hmm. it was impressive. But, um, you know, certainly it's a little dramatized in terms of the day-to-day life of a National Football League player. If you're partying and you're hanging out like that, you're not going to be in the NFL long. That'll, it'll definitely be not for long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah. Some of the things that are in that baller show, uh, especially with um, the personal conduct policy and discipline being the mm-hmm. way that it is, and everybody being a reporter with camera phones and social media, you know, it's certainly the, the, the things that take place in the show are certainly not going down like that uh, in real life. We're with Chris Canty here on WRPR 90.3 FM. Chris, a couple more questions for you here. Um, we, we were talking before both about the Giants and the Cowboys. So you, you've been a part of the rivalry. Talk to me about the rivalry. Is, is it intense um, as the fans make it out to be by, from a player standpoint, or is it more just a fan rivalry and it's just business as usual for the players? <laughs> well, I mean, in any of your division games, you, you don't like the guys that you're playing against because you see them so often and, your teams know each other very, very well. So there's a lot of venom in those, those divisional games. Um, and that's what makes the National Football League great, to create those natural rivalries because guys just, you know, don't like each other because they're competing against each other for an opportunity at the ultimate prize. And so um, all of those division games are intense. Um, you know, Giants, Cowboys, um, you know, Cowboys, Redskins, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, I mean, Giants, Redskins, all those games are intense rivalries. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to say that there's one above the other. Uh, I think everybody in the NFC hates each other. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. They, I yeah, mean, they yeah, all do, right? I think it's they don't like each other. I can promise you that. You got the Turnpike rivalry. You got the Cowboy Giant rivalry. I mean, it's they all just hate each other. Exactly. They're equal opportunity haters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chris, also the NFL has made a lot of changes uh, for for the players' safety and 
with uh, you know the concussion pro- concussion protocol and just other changes to the uh, you know to the game. Um, what's your opinion on some of the changes they've made as far as pr- uh, concussion protocol and some of the uh, things they're looking to do to help help the players out? I think anything done in the interest of player safety is is uh, for the betterment of the game because we have to think about uh, the example that we set for the lower levels of sport. Uh, you know the collegiate uh, the collegiate level and the high school level. I think it's important to try to find new and creative ways to make our game safe without jeopardizing the integrity of it, um, the nature of it. Um, certainly, it's a very physical, very aggressive, very violent sport, uh, but we want to try to make it as safe as possible for the participants uh, because you have to respect the guys that are going out there and laying it on the line each and every time they kick the ball off. Uh, and I think that's important that the NFL is addressing. And then, of course, um, my next question always has to do with my favorite topic with you is your foundation, uh, the different mm-hmm. things that you've uh, you've done over time. You know I'm a huge fan of it. I'm, I'm upset because I had surgery and I missed your golf event in Demarest this year. Um, talk to Don't me. Don't worry about it. We'll have it again next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming back. Well, no, see, the thing is I'm not allowed to play because the only type of golf I'm actually good at involves a pinwheel and um, – and it, like in going you know, down yeah, there, yeah, like, like spinning a little, around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, the only kind of golf I'm good at is putt putt. So <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> what we're talking about. Right? <laughs> it's, it's all for a good cause, and, and I'm thankful for all of our sponsors and donors and supporters that come out every single year and allows us to do the incredible work that we do in the tri-state area. Um, right now, we're working on trying to, um, to install a 20,000 square foot recreational area for one of our partner schools in the South Bronx. Um, which is a really important project. It's an expensive project, but I'm thankful for all the support that the Chris Kenny Foundation has got. We're going to be able to pay for it. So it's an exciting time um, for the students that we're going to be able to um, support and be in this effort. So just really exciting about the work that we're going to, you know, we're continuing to do, continuing to get kids engaged in service in, in their communities uh, to make all to make our communities a better place. So I'm, I'm so proud of the work that the, uh, that the Army of Volunteers for the Chris Kenny Foundation is doing. And can you let everybody know where they can find more information about the foundation and the upcoming events? Besides Absolutely. People, people can find out more information on our website, www.chriscannyfoundation.org. On social media, Twitter, we're at TweetTCF. On Facebook, uh, on Instagram, they can go check us out, um, you know, to see all of the cool things that we're doing. Now, Chris, and I guess the next question is, at the next event um, you have, can Steve and I do a live broadcast from there to help get the message going? I guess that's a, a fair question at that point. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll have to we'll have to get that uh, that organized, man. That sounds like that would be really cool. That no. would be dope. Yeah, okay. we definitely have to set something up, Chris. Okay, and absolutely. Then, and I guess I guess now this will be the final question. Um, so, talk to us about behind the scenes of being an analyst. Now, um, how much prep work is it? Just is it more prep than doing. Um, you know, watching game tape, or is it is it more tedious than that? Or look, talk talk to me about that. Oh, it's more tedious than that because it's game tape, but then it's marrying that with the statistics, and then being able to establish the narrative that you want that explains what happened and what took place uh, according to your experience in and around the game. So um, it's a lot that goes into it. You know, for a three-hour show, I'm probably doing about four, you know, four hours of homework. You know, I've always got more information than I probably need when I go on air, but I, I like to be prepared. I like to be informed because uh, I like the conversation to develop organically. I like my viewership and my listenership to be able to take it and go different places with it. So uh, it's a challenge. It's a different type of challenge, but I love it. Chris, thanks again so much for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. And uh, please, you know, hopefully this will not be the last time this season we talk with you. Oh, absolutely not, fellas. Thanks for having me on Off Topic. Yeah, thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks, Chris. 
Abrazo.